stories eleven and twelve of st andrew's ghost stories by william thomas linskill this librivox recording is in the public domain story eleven the smothered piper of the west cliffs hush 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 here comes the bogeyman this was shouted out to me very loudly by a cheery golfing johnny as i entered the merry smoking-room of the old varsity golf club at coldham common cambridge some years ago draw in your armchair light a cigar or a pipe and tell us all many celebrated actors were present some of those wonderful bogey stories about dear st andrews it is the bogey time of the year and you must remember i played the bogeyman for you in one of your big burlesque at st andrews and cupar's some years ago so fire away with the bogies please and be quick then i reeled off a big lot of yarns of the ghost thomas plater who murdered prior robert of montrose on the dormitory staircase before vespers of the nigger in a fifeshire house who is invisible himself but maps out his bare footmarks on the floor of the painted gallery of sharp's coat which being heard betokens a death of haunted old balcony ruined castle of the murdered pedlar in our own south street who sweeps down with a chilly hand the cheeks of invaders to his haunted cellar of the ghost that appeared in the house of archbishop ross mentioned in lyon's history and of the terrible ghost in the novum hospitium which so alarmed people that its dwelling had to be pulled down and only a fragment of the building now remains but they wanted to hear the tale of the ghostly piper of the west cliffs so i told them the legend as i had heard it years ago it seems that in the old days no houses existed on the cliffs from the old castle of hamilton to the modern monument near the witch hill it was all meadowland much used for the grazing of cattle and sheep and also much frequented as a playground for bygone children on and over the face of the cliffs slightly to the westward of butts wind existed then the entrance to a fearsome cave or old ecclesiastical passage which was a terror to many and most people shunned it it had many names among them the jingling cove the jingling man's hole john's coal hole and later the piper's cave or grave a few of the oldest inhabitants still remember it a few knew a portion of it none dared venture beyond this well-known portion like the interior of an old ice-house it was dark chilly and clammy its walls ran with cold sweat it was partly natural but mostly artificial a most dark creepy and fearsome place in a description which i got of it many years ago and which appeared in the st andrew citizen i learn that the opening of this cliff passage was small and triangular it was situated on a projecting ledge of rock and it was high enough after entering to enable a full-sized man to stand upright from the opening it was a steep incline down for a distance of forty-nine feet thereafter it proceeded in a level direction for over seventy feet while it descended into a chamber at the further end of this chamber were two if not more passages branching off from it between the passages was cut out in the rock a latin cross this would seem to point to an ecclesiastical connection and had nothing whatever to do with the more modern smuggler's cave near the ladies bathing-place 
but enough of description in bygone days in a small cottage little better than a hovel situated in argyle lived an old dame named goodman she occupied one room and her son and his young wife tenanted the other little chamber he was a merry daredevil happy-go-lucky lad and he was famed as one of the best players on the bagpipes in all fife he would have pleased even maggie louder of nights at all hours he would make the old grass-grown streets lively with his music jock the piper was a favorite among both young and old he was much interested in the tale of the old west cliff cave and took a bet on with some cronies that on a new year's night he would investigate the mysteries of the place and play his pipes up it as far as he could go his old mother his wife and many of his friends tried hard to dissuade him from doing so foolish and so foolhardy a thing but he remained obdurate and firmly stuck to his bet on a dark new year's night he started up the mysterious cavern with his pipes playing merrily and they were heard it is said passing beneath market street then they died away they suddenly ceased and were never more heard he and his well-known pipes were never seen again somewhere beneath st andrews lies the whitened bones of that bygone piper lad with his famous pipes beside him attempts were made to find him but without avail no one not even the bravest dared to venture into that passage full of damp foul air his mother and wife were distracted and the young wife used to sit for hours at the mouth of that death-trap cave finally her mind gave way and she used to wander at all hours down to the mouth of the cave where her husband had vanished the following new year's night she left the little college in argyle and putting a shawl over her wasted shoulders turned to the old woman and said i'm going to my jock morning came but she never returned home she had indeed gone to her lost jock for years after, the small crouching figure of a woman could be seen on moonlit nights, perched on the rock balcony of the fatal cave, dim and shadowy and transparent. Wild shrieks and sounds of weird pipe music were constantly heard coming from out of that entrance. In after years, when the houses were built, the mouth of this place was either built or covered up, and its memory only remains to us. But what of Piper Jacques? He, it is said, still walks the edge of the old cliffs, and his presence is heralded by an icy breath of cold air, and ill be it for any one who meets or sees his phantom form or hears his pipe music. He seems to have the same effect as the ghost of Nell Cook in the dark entry at Canterbury, mentioned in the Inglesby legends, from which I must quote a few verses." and though two hundred years have flown nell cook doth still pursue her weary walk and they who cross her path the deed may rue her fatal breath is fell as death the sea-moon's blast is not more dire a wind in africa that blows uncommon hot but all unlike the sea-moon's blast her breath is deadly cold delivering quivering shivering shocks upon both young and old and whoso in the entry dark doth feel that fatal breath he ever dies within the year some dire untimely death so it is with him who meets piper jock by jove interrupted the golfing johnny has any one seen him lately 
I only know of one man, I said, who told me that one awful night in a heavy thunderstorm he had heard wild pipe music and seen the figure of a curiously dressed piper walking along the cliff edge where no mortal could walk at a furious speed. What do you think of it all? asked my golfing friend. I don't know, I'm sure. I am not receptive and don't see ghosts. But if I could only find now the mouth of that place... I bet another Jacques and I would get along it and find out the whereabouts of Jacques the Piper and his poor little wife. Here is my handsome. Good night. Don't forget the Piper. And they haven't. End of Story 11 Story 12 The Beautiful White Lady of the Haunted Tower How very, very lovely she was, to be sure. Of whom are you speaking? I asked of some of the orchid or veronique people or of some of your own company i did not know you were hard hit old chap i was sitting in the smoking-room of the great northern hotel king's cross talking to an old friend an oxford man but now the manager of a big theatrical company when he suddenly made the above remark no no of none of those people he replied but our talking of st andrews reminded me of a ghost a phantom or a spectre call it what you choose i saw in that ancient city several years ago no horrid bogey but a very lovely girl indeed by jove i said tell me about it i want a new ghost story very badly indeed i know a lot of them but perhaps this is something new and spicy i am sure i do not know if it be new he replied i have never seen anything spectral before or since but i saw that lovely woman three different times it must be fully ten years ago i saw her twice on the scores and once in an old house well i must really hear all about it i said please fire away all right all right he said now for her first appearance I was living in St. Andrews at the time, it must have been the end of January or beginning of February, and I was strolling along to the Kirkhill after dinner, and enjoying the fine evening and the keen sea breeze, and thinking about the old, old days of the castle and cathedral, of Beaton's ghost and many other queer tales, when a female figure glided past me. She was in a long flowing white dress and had her beautiful dark hair hanging down past her waist. I was very much astonished to see a girl dressed in such a manner wandering about alone at such an hour, and I followed her along for several yards, when, lo, just after she had passed the turret light, she completely vanished near the square tower, which I was afterwards informed was known as the Haunted Tower. I hunted all around the place carefully, but saw nothing more than night. Queer, wasn't it? certainly it was i remarked but i know dozens of weird stories connected with that old tower but what more have you to tell me well he continued as you may imagine the whole affair worried and puzzled me considerably but it was gradually vanishing from my mind when near the same place i saw her again i had my sister with me this time and we both can swear to it it was a lovely night with a faint moon, and as the white lady swept past quite silently, we saw the soft trailing dress and the long black wavy hair. There was something like a rosary hanging from her waist and a cross or a locket hanging round her throat. 
as she passed she turned her head towards us and we both noticed her beautiful features especially her brilliant eyes she vanished as before near that old tower my sister was so awfully frightened that i had to hurry her off home we were both absolutely convinced we had seen a being not of this world a face never to be forgotten how strange i said you know several people saw a girl in that built-up old turret lying in her coffin a former priest of the episcopal church here saw some masons repairing the wall of that tower and their chisel fell into the turret through a chink on removing a stone they came upon a chamber within and they saw a girl dressed in white with long hair lying in a coffin wanting the lid the hole was built up again at once i know and have often talked to persons who saw her there one of them was a mason employed at the work the doorway of the tower is opened up now and a grill put in but there is no sign of the girl queer stories arose some said it was the remains of princess murin daughter of constantine others said it was the embalmed body of some sweet girl saint concealed there in times of trouble and so on but finish your story i have little more to tell he answered some months afterwards i was a guest in an old house in fifeshire and was given the turret room on the second night i went to bed early as i had been at golf all day and felt awfully dead beat i must have fallen asleep suddenly as i left my candle burning on the table all of a sudden i woke up with a start to find the now familiar figure of the white lady at the foot of my bed she was gazing at me intently when i sat up she glided away behind the screen at the door i jumped up put on my dressing-gown seized the candle and made for the door the lady was gone and the door was as i left it when i went to bed locked i unlocked it flung it open and looked into the passage there she was i saw the white dress the splendid hair the rosary and the gold locket quite plainly she turned her lovely face to me and smiled a sweet pathetic smile gently raised her hand and floated away towards the picture gallery now for the end next day my kind hostess took me through the old gallery i saw pictures of all ages sorts and sizes but imagine my amazement when i saw the white lady the same white dress the lovely sweet face and splendid eyes the rosary and a locket which i now saw on it the arms of queen mary and lord darnley who on earth is that i asked you seem interested in that painting said mrs well that is a portrait of one of the lovely mary stuart's maries she was madly in love with castler the french minstrel and after he was beheaded at st andrews she became a nun and it is said died of grief in her nunnery that is all old boy he said and it is late i think it seems right that girl and i my sister saw must have been the spirit of marie blank and perhaps it was she who was the occupant of that haunted tower who knows but i shall never never see such a divinely beautiful face on this earth again End of story twelve